The Magic Dads podcast is now available wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube at the Old Cranky Man Collectibles YouTube channel. Magic Dads is brought to you by Old Cranky Man Collectibles and all of our generous patrons over at patreon.com forward slash MTG Dads podcast. Go check it out for exclusive content and so much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Magic Dads Podcast. My name is Blake. I'm here with Stefan. Hi, how you doing? I'm dancing. I'm good. How are you, bro? I'm not going to stop dancing. Dance Wait. party. No. Nope. What up? I'm going to stop. So and you're going to you're going to stop when I start talking about today's topic, which is <laughs> a continued discussion on bad yeah, part cards. Part two of mm. I'm deleting my Moxfield. Today we're talking about not bad cards, but bad deck building. Mm hmm. Bad. We're going to talk about bad deck building. So yeah, I, I I hate to I hate to look at a list, and and this is why this this series is called I'm deleting my Moxfield because I hate to look at a list and be like, oh cool, oh sweet, oh yeah, oh. <laughs> the, so the quality of of the deck building is like interesting of, <laughs> at first, and then drops <laughs> off, and then just drops off a cliff. Like, I will take I these. I will take. I like your idea. I will take these sixty cards, and then I will not take these forty cards. Those can stay on your mox field. I'm not going to yeah. have those I in mine. You, you and I have shared decks back and forth where it's like we'll change five to ten cards out of it, and it's like those are more of a preference thing. But if you're cutting, if you're cutting a full forty percent of the deck, and that's not the mana base, that's the actual playables. Non zero amount of times where I have sent you a deck list and your only reply was exclamation point because you immediately were like, I like these seven cards. The rest of it is trash. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about a couple of common things that people do that are bad deck building. Heavy mm -hmm. air quotes here. Um, mm -hmm. First thing on the list is packages mm. so stefan please tell me what exactly is a package okay so from time immemorial people like to group things together um and they like to see the synergies that exist within different different parts of games and then group those together and so uh -huh. cards that, that function together very well and sort of have a lot of synergy especially like cards like five to ten cards people call those packages of cards uh -huh. and they lump them together. And basically if you're playing one, you're playing all of them. Uh huh. So give me an example. Um, so for example, if you are in black and you want to play a discard spell, oftentimes you'll play like the best discard spell. And then uh -huh. because you want the density of those cards, you play five of them. Yes. So discard spells are a prime example of packages. Mm -hmm. So there are about, three really really solid discard spells and yeah. then and then there are about four or five yeah okay discard spells and then there's about six that are just really bad and you should not yeah. play them divest and so <laughs> oh god so 
you know, uh, they'll they'll be deck building and they'll be like, I want to cast a Thoughtseize on turn one. Mm-hmm. Well, I only get to play one copy of Thoughtseize in my 100 card singleton deck. So I guess I have to add all of these other cards. You don't have to. No. Another good example of a package is what is called a lands package. Oh, yeah. So um, a lot of people, you know, will be like, I'm building this deck, and here I have 75 cards. I need 25 cards more. Well, I'm playing green, and I could play crop rotation, maybe or maybe not, but also mm-hmm. uh, I could play um, Thespian Stage and Dark Depths, and then yep. I could put a... Vampire Hex Mage. I could put a Vampire Hex Mage in yeah. my deck, and since since I'm doing the lands thing already... Uh, I might as well put a Tabernacle of the Pendrel Veil in my deck. And uh, I could also put a Vesuva in my deck. And I could keep going on and on and on. But packages work in specific contexts. So a good rule that I like to use when I'm building a deck is, does this do what my deck is already doing? So Mm -hmm. if you want to build a lands deck, please do that. Build a lands deck. Yeah, Shapeshift is a baller card. Please build a lands deck. But maybe putting a bunch of do-nothing lands in your Jund mid-range deck is not the best thing that you can be doing. Wow. (laughs) The next thing on the list is picking your points before you build your deck. Oh my god. There are a lot of pointed cards that are really, really easy to build a deck around. Uh, I'm going to give you a prime example of Survival of the Fittest. Mm -hmm. Survival of the Fittest is a pointed card that is very, very easy to build a deck around. There's Mm -hmm. There's a whole swath of archetypes that are built to function around Survival of the Fittest. Mm -hmm. But when you're building your deck with that in mind, you should build your deck and then pick your points. It's okay to pick a pointed card and then build your right. deck around that, but picking all of your pointed cards before you build a deck, not the greatest idea. No, and and like you sort of said there, we're, we're picking, in this case, picking Survival of the Fittest, not because it is a pointed card, but because it is the card that we want it to do. Oh, you know, the Birthing Pod being a pointed card, it doesn't matter that it's a pointed card in a pod deck, it's the card that wins you the game. And so getting caught up on what is and isn't points, I think for a long time people fell into the trap of like, I want to run this card because I have an extra point and I might as well, like I need a card to fill that last point. So I'm going to play this card that is actually not great in your deck. Yep. And interestingly enough, a lot of those cards have sort of just come off the points list lately. Yeah. So that's that that segues nicely into the next uh, uh, topic, which is uh, traps. Oh, yeah. So we have mentioned this, I think, uh, previously on a podcast. I'm not sure which episode it was, but um, I talked about traps. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the times you will have your your nine points and you will be like, well, I need one more point. So uh, I will pick crop rotation. And because I have crop rotation in my deck now, I will add lands things. Mm hmm. It's a trap. It's probably better to just play nine points mm-hmm. rather, exactly. rather than to add an extra layer to your deck. That's just going to um, that's just going to dilute your current strategy. Um, it's going to put cards in your deck that don't function very well on their own. When you include those cards, 
you're going to view them as higher value too while you're playing. And so you're going to draw them at a time that it doesn't matter. And you're going to, th- you're going to overvalue that card yes. in, in a context where it's not yes. really doing a whole lot. I think right now is one of the best times in the format ever to play a nine pointed deck because all of the chaff has come off. You don't have to have 10 points in your deck just because you can doesn't mean you should. One of the cards I did, I did want to talk about is sort of like, um, traps where you have a really good card and you are including a bad card because it the good card makes that card good. What is it? What is it? What is it? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, so in this case, a lot of people will play like Stoneforge Mystic and, and they'll include some of the clunkier equipment in the deck, even though it's not good in that deck. So a lot of the swords... Oh, don't go in every deck. Come on, man. Don't hate on Sword of Fire and Ice. I, I'm not. All right. I'm not hating on it. I'm saying it costs a lot of mana and even two mana to power it out with a with a Stoneforge Mystic. Um, you could be powering out a Cauldra Complete. Or you could be getting and uh, a lot. A lot of the times, the Caldra complete is is gonna get the job done. Yeah, you, you know when you have the Stoneforge in there to find whatever equipment suits you for that specific moment. Um, your list does not need to be super long. No, having it in your deck increases your chances of actually drawing it and drawing it at the wrong time decreases your chances of winning. Yeah, the last point on here is hyper focusing on a single card. Hmm. Yeah, this is sort of going back to talking about building around a card. It's totally cool and good to build around a card as long as the rest of the cards in your deck are also good. Prime prime example of this is uh, Luke, our friend Luke. He put this very, very eloquently last time that I was talking to him about Bant Seeker Walk. So Luke, before he was playing Seeker Walk, was playing Aluren. Now, mm. uh, Aluren yeah. and Seeker Walk, very, very similar strategies, very, very different point spreads. So yeah. um, what he said was this. Uh, I like playing Aluren, but you have to play a lot of bad cards to make that deck work. There's nothing worse than drawing a Dream Stalker when you're behind. Oh, yeah. Or drawing oh. a Cavern Harpy. And that's that's kind of what we're getting at here. Like, these cards, they do the thing when you have the Aluren, but if you don't have the Aluren, they don't do anything. What's really funny is Aluren also is weaker now than it has been historically because of uh, the the counterplay that it allows with stuff like Opposition Agent, where your yeah. opponent can just cast it for free now or in white, response to your... White Plume Adventurer. Oh <laughs> Get yeah, <there's>, punished. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really... like And yeah, you could. Just because you can... Doesn't, doesn't mean you mean should. <laughs> hey, thanks for watching Magic Dads, you guys. Just want to remind you that we're, we're proud. proud of you. Bye. Love you.